This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Repeat, this is a test of the emergency podcast system. Disaster Girls is an unironic excavation of disaster movies with profiles as high as the tallest volcano and as low as the Marianas Trench. In order to ensure your safety and enjoyment, please remain calm and keep your ears locked on your hosts, myself, Jordan Gershiola, and me, Amanda Smith. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Disaster Girls. Uh, You're in a time loop. We are in a time loop. Uh, and we'll remind you why in a moment, but as I, your co-host Jordan Cruciola. And it's me, Amanda Smith. And we and- find ourselves here again. We, we're, we've gone back in time, Amanda. <laughs> you know, I would happily wake up in a time loop every day where I watch this movie over and over again. That's, <laughs> just to let you know where I'm coming from at this point. Yeah, this is it. I'm happy. I enjoyed watching Exit a second time, possibly more than I enjoyed watching it a first time. And it I'd really rewards it rewards in a, yeah. at least one additional viewing. If, if you have seen Exit, the uh, Korean disaster comedy, uh, watch it again. Give it another spin. It, it's a different kind of enjoyment and one that you should treat yourself to. Yeah, it's uh, I, w- I went back through and I had additional notes because I was like, oh, I can appreciate now how smart this movie is. Yeah, because I've watched it all the way through once and it's still fuck. it just it moves fast and it is fun. Yeah, it is. It This this is absolutely one of the best crafted mm-hmm. disaster movies we've done. It is it like to make a disaster movie that is comedy without being satire of a disaster movie. Yeah. Tricky, tricky. Yeah. But this one, this one's just hitting every note. This is a so good, good standalone comedy film. This is a good standalone disaster film. And it also has enough of a like familial drama and love story element to it to where it's like a it it, it has weight to it. Yeah. Like you you invest quickly in these characters. Yeah. You get you get pulled in real fast. So the the basic premise here is in a Korean city, a family is having a 70th birthday party for the matriarch at mm-hmm. a like banquet hall and someone unleashes poisonous gas on the whole downtown area. And the kind of slacker son, whose only passion in life appears to be rock climbing, is the only <laughs> rock one. Rock climbing and pining after a girl who he yeah. knew in rock climbing class five fucking years ago. But yeah, a girl who he was just like kind of casually friends with that you think at first has died from the yes. way that he is responding to kind you of. You are sure he lost a wife tragically like in a rock climbing accident and he'll never rock climb again but no no she just said she didn't want to she just wanted to stay friends with him after he asked her out yeah they didn't go on a single date yeah there was not even a breakup with the with you know the two of us that's a hard road to come back from me and jordan as an audience oh you started off with with a dude being sad and in his feelings because he was rejected by a girl five years ago if the fact that you have us being like, hell yeah, we love this movie. Who's like most of his personality is like, why is the world against me? I don't yeah. have a job. Like I'm a failure kind of sadness. Yeah. But like, I will absolutely keep asking my parents and sister for money to support me mm-hmm. while I do nothing in this life. Yeah. Um, ho- Unbelievable, really. That this movie can work on a level that I find extremely enjoyable and that I will root for this man. Yeah, my like watching. So I have my old notes and then I put in like additional notes as I watch the second (laughs) time. 
And my first note is, okay, Youngnam is awful, but everyone knows that. Yeah, everyone and that was does like the only know thing, that. that. You was are the not being that got me going. No, no one's like, oh, he just had such a rough go of things. Every His parents are all like, okay, so you suck, but yeah. fine. His sister is just comes in and just, I mean, technically, I want to be cleared. Abuse is never funny. Right. Two adult siblings. She's smacking fighting. the shit out of this She's guy. She's smacking the shit out of him. And you're just yeah. watching these two adult siblings bicker like eight-year-olds. Yes. And it's just the realest fucking dynamic. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's very, it's yeah. very good sibling, sibling, yeah. not even rivalry because he's already lost up to this point. Yeah. Just like feuding. Just yeah, it's just the, the fam. It's just the sibling dynamic that w- they these two have that they never stopped being these two kids, and it's really really entertaining. So and when people see Young Nam at like the family party, they're like, "Hey, yeah. loser!" Like, th- like that his, is his how brother is greeted. Yeah, his brother sits down at the table with his brother's two su- two kids, a daughter and son, and the daughter's like. I want to live like he does. He says all he does is eat, sleep, and shit. And, his, and the brother's like, yeah, he's a piece of shit, isn't he? Yeah, he's a, like, he's a baby. You, who lives like that? Like, <laughs> he's just a baby. It's like, yeah, I mean, yeah. But yeah. that that I like that that girl's like, I'm so, I like that they, in the subtitles, they have her, like, she, like, is asking, she's like, I want to live a life like that. I'm so jelly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that they that the use the specific use of the colloquialism jelly, jelly is translated through and that they don't make it jealous. No, I like I, there, there that, has that to be some specificity. I hope that that's like a, there is a Korean slang term that this was a direct translation of that is yeah. the Korean equivalent of that. And I find that I, I have to assume that's what it was. And it's very cute. I want a whole world about that, that his niece is yeah. she's such in, a surprising character she is in and of herself an entire movie that i need when the whole family is trying to find things to pick locks with later and yeah. like everyone else finds like paper clips and office supplies and she comes back with a fucking meat cleaver and yeah, is a, running a around meat cleaver and yeah. this is because they the family's gone to this banquet hall the um the dream garden and when the 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 guy the disgruntled former employee of this like chemical company decides he's gonna wreak havoc on the world by inflicting a terrorist event on this town he's gonna he got fired he lost this patent right lawsuit he made a deadly gas out of presumably like his own invention and then he was like i'm gonna kill a lot of people and so people are getting swept up in this this looks like a smog that's just rolling through this town and like it, you know, they're suffocating, they're dying on the ground and it keeps, it, it expands. Like the gas at a certain point stops going out quickly and, and it, it just starts rising. expanding up yeah. higher. So that means this movie is an adventure game where your protagonists have to keep getting higher and higher and higher from the ground on the rooftops of buildings and like running through the smoky poison filled streets of the city to like get to new locations. And this character Amidst all the chaos is so quirky and strange. She's so odd. I love her so much. I want to know every because her brother is like because so the the niece character, like her brother is just kind of a dopey teenage boy. There's nothing interesting about him. No, I want to know everything about this like Korean Daria. I feel like each of like each segment, each cluster of this family could have their own standalone hundred percent like this could just if this was a television series yeah where we just followed these people there would be plenty to work with yeah which is I why like, 
it, it, it works which is, so well. It works so well because yeah. everybody, even though you're kind of, there's so many of them and they're in and out so fast, you immediately can assign like a personality to them and that helps you grab onto them. Yeah, I could 100% imagine. So one of the things we learned very early on that has no relevance but delighted me immensely is that the <laughs> Young Nam's dad is into um, soap operas. Like yes. he loves soap operas and, and yeah. his mom isn't letting him watch them because she's watching they're like literally commercial physically fighting over yes, the remote over the remote control. control. She like room. smacks his hand and then they're grappling for it. I mean, I could 100 percent see the dad in like the Korean equivalent of an only murders in the building style <laughs> kind of funny mystery movie TV uh-huh. show about like he thinks he's uncovered a plot of some sort and then he, you know, gets further and further into hijinks and then he's got his little old man crew and then the niece comes <laughs> along. Like I could, it was, it was such a, the niece is Selena Gomez. The, the niece could be Selena Gomez yeah, with, <laughs> with, with the meat cleaver again. Yeah. Inexplicably. And I, <laughs> a, the key emotion that is playing out when the family comes together at the dream garden for this birthday is just the rolling humiliation of young Nam. Yeah. Just combined with like, Dick measuring to show how much how much better they all are in terms of as family members to yes. the patriarch and matriarch of the family. It is a it is an arms race at this mm-hmm. banquet to be the best relative to the to the mother on her 70th birthday. People are singing like the sons in law are singing karaoke songs in tribute uh, to about how much they love their mother in law. The the daughters are all singing about like how, you know, life begins at 70 and it's a time they can't be far away from you. That would be death. And then mom's up there singing her own song about being older and cool. Mm -hmm. And then then we get the uh, introduction of what seems like a cultural tradition. Yes. I looked up the piggyback rides. The piggyback ride thing was was really interesting, actually. The sons and sons-in-law are like mother-in-law, let me, please, may I piggyback you? And I, watching this a second time, I was caught up the first time in how, like, pathetic Young Nam is, but I was was able to, in the second time, really laugh at how awkward this entire experience like they're one like the son one son-in-law gives a piggyback ride and you can see young nom like looking desperately from the side he wants to participate and he he runs in to give his mom a piggyback ride but one of the other sons-in-law swoops in and it's like he i think he says like third son-in-law third son-in-law and like he picks her up right as young nom comes in to like pick up his mom so he ends up doing this weird body swoop rollout thing when he can't get her and you just you're watching this grown man be admonished and mm-hmm. like he's just hitting the bumpers at every turn and just getting thrown back out there into the into the wind and it yeah. is so awkward the entire so, time can i it's so once i looked up the whole piggyback tradition yes. um it added an extra layer of pa- of like pathos for it to me okay. because Okay, so it is a tradition in uh, during the wedding ceremony okay. that the husband gives the new bride a piggyback ride. Okay. Um, to show that he will be supporting and you know, supporting ah, her financially, physically, okay. all of these things. Yes. And it extends to the mother and the mother-in-law sometimes. Like you can oh, extend okay. it out to, to to all of the women in the family kind of thing. Okay. Um, and 
if we're wrong about if I'm wrong about this, I apologize. I anybody I read a couple please articles. correct us. Yeah, please tell please. us. Please, if I'm wrong about this, I tried to. I was like, this has to be a truth, and so I googled it and I tried to find some things. But also, I was trying to avoid avoid weird porn. That also, I was like, I'm gonna end up weird with weird stuff if I yeah. Google <laughs> Korean piggybacking. Yeah, <laughs> right. The the internet's yeah. gonna take you in an internet direction. The internet. Yeah, I was just concerned, so I was trying to look cautiously. Um, but yeah, so there's this extra layer because he's single, he's sad, he doesn't yeah. have a job, so he'll never. As it stands now, he's never going to have a chance to give his mom that piggyback ride at his own wedding. Right. It would be disingenuous if he did because he can't support fucking anyone. And he can't. Yeah. So he's not having a wedding to do it. And if he did have the wedding, he still couldn't because he has no job. So he's no means to support her. So it's just like, that's why, to spoiler alert, at the end when he's like, I've always wanted to do this. Mom, can I please give you a piggyback ride? It's such a big deal because like, this is the, this is his chance. And he is like, guys, he goes through this whole journey. He experiences the most physically exhausting night a human being has ever gone through in their entire lives. Like, I'm sorry, the, the rock, you got nothing on this guy. No, no, I, I don't. I don't actually think in this contest that the rock could one-to-one do what this man no. did. And he's just, he's bleeding. He's dirty. He's tired. And he's just like sob yelling, requesting at his mother, like, may I please give you a piggyback mm-hmm. after they have spent a night thinking he's dead, seeing he's alive, thinking he's dead again. And he just like carries her briefly. And it is a beautiful cap on so this perfect. whole. I mean, because this like what Young Nam has been doing, the one thing Young Nam has committed to is uh, training like training for a like mountain climbing body preparation. Yeah. We meet him on a, a series of high bars in like a park and he is just out there. That man is like a fucking Olympic level gymnast on the rings apparatus. Like he can throw his entire body weight around, pick it up back down, throw it around again. He is got core strength of a yeah. God. And so when he realized they, they got to get to the roof of this building is banquet hall they're in. Well, guess what? Doors locked. So he's like, wait, can we get in from the outside? Can I open the door from the outside? And the the <laughs> the love of his life, who he used to know for 15 minutes, is the vice manager of this convention hall, or at least this one room at this convention hall. And he resolves to I'm going to climb my way to the top. And so I can and I'm that way I can open the door. We can get everybody to the rooftop. We can try and like signal helicopters to come get us. It is the climbing sequence oh that my God. starts the disaster in this movie is intense enough to be the climax scene in any other movie. It is we would watch for this podcast. It like, was it ends in harrowing. Like, this is the beginning of this movie. Yep. Fuck me. It's it is absolutely so like one of the brilliant things about watching it the second time was that with that opening sequence when you're watching it the first time, you're like, wow, he's doing a lot of weird shit on the bars. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, because he's like he's just on these shit up bars doing things by like holding on with one arm and rotating his feet to in weird places and like yeah. doing all this shit. But then after watching that one time and you go back and you watch the opening sequence again, you're like, oh, this taught me that, he know, he can I like unquestionably believe he can do everything we're about to all see. Of it. Because I just watched him just like dicking around on these bars for five minutes in the opening sequence. And it's so fucking athletic. It's Um, it's it's, it really this movie re and I've thought about this before, Mm -hmm. but I think the biggest like, you know, in the way that we we took survival lessons away uh, very much from our San Andreas episode with Mika McKinnon, um, this movie really reinforced to me that probably one of the great 
greatest things you can do for yourself to support your own survival is just train yourself to be able to pull up your own body weight. Yep. Yep. Now I'm not going to, but yes, (laughs) you know, like who that just seems like pick a disaster, fucking any disaster. And the number of situations you could find yourself in where the thing that separates you from death is just pulling your body to safety. That one thing you can do for yourself. You, you might, I'm not saying be able to scale a building and pull yourself up over and over and over again, like young Nam does. But if you, it like, and not that, not, not just, that sounds like I'm saying that like pull-ups are easy to do. Fucking Brie Larson posts workout. She's Captain Marvel. She has post-workout videos of herself semi-regularly and she can do like a half she can, dozen pull-ups. Yeah. She's not she doing can like pull a Jeep, but she can't pull-ups. do pull-ups. Yeah. She like can pull a Jeep, but that's not, that's not, not like, like, oh, she's... this is easy. Like, especially if yeah. women were built differently. Like our yeah. musculature is different. That is, that takes more training and build up for us to be able to do that. But it might be one of the greatest survival skills that you can equip yourself with just to get yourself to the point where if I'm at a dead arm hang, I can pull my body up onto a plateau. Honestly, I would have saved Natalie Z from falling into the pit and ending up in 10,000 BC. So I'm with you. I am saying. Yeah. There you go. And you know, Zira Gorecki is, uh, is she might be like a Paralympic athlete. I, I, she was at the very least like a semi-professional, um, athlete. Uh, before coming onto this show, she could have fucking done it. I bet. I bet she could have pulled her. So if you know, because yeah. you don't want to see the daughter grow over the pit, but it's kind of like eh, the daughter going over the pit probably would have had a better chance of pulling herself up from that ledge than than Eve would have. Yep. Eve ran nine miles a day, but she can't do a pull up. Like, what are you yeah. doing with yourself, Eve? Eve, you ran. What are you? What are you? What are you pulling up from, Eve? Friends, you don't need to train for a marathon. I'm saying there's yeah. one thing, just one thing. And that core and total body strength that that will give you, that could be the difference. I think in a disaster situation, you are going to find yourself needing more to possibly pull your body weight to safety than you are running nine straight miles. I absolutely hate how real this is because now I'm like, <laughs> fuck, I've never in my life been able to do a pull up. Like my, my left arm just locks. I don't know what it is about my, like, even oh, when I did gymnastics, I couldn't do a pull up for some reason. It was just like, that was, I like, that was a major problem for me with the, with the, with the bars was like, I could be really That'll strong be and do stuff, but like my arm would lock at like oh. this angle and then I wouldn't be able to pull further. And my, I had a gym teacher once like punching my arm trying to oh just my, my God. Yeah, whole thing just it'll just do it every time. So the point is, I'm fucked in a disaster. They're so um, defeatingly hard. So please hard. come, come for me. Pull ups are so defeatingly They're hard. So hard. You you try to do a pull up, and any illusions you might have had yeah. about your your like strength per square inch gone. Not that I like think I'm the fucking Incredible Hulk, but like I recently there was I was like around a playground. I was like, oh, I'll try and do, and I like tried no to do a pull up. I was like, oh, we are my arms are shaking. I have got to, I've got to a 170 degree angle on my arms. Once, once, you, once you outgrow that weird child strength, you're, you're screwed with anything on a playground. <laughs> yeah. Like monkey. Have you tried doing monkey bars as an adult? We were with a friend of the show, Sarah's child recently, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, and there were monkey bars at the park. And I was like, these are hard. Like, yeah. I forgot I could just fling myself back and forth across these goddamn things. Mm-hmm. And oh, now yeah. it's Flip like your Ooh. legs up and then you don't <laughs> think about it. You're just dangling by your knees. Yeah. Like what? What kind of intricate things was I doing on those goddamn monkey bars? Like pulling myself upright to be able to walk on top of them. Yeah. 
what? Yeah, and Young Nam's not out here like Young Nam's not out here doing some elaborate thing with like therabands and yeah, he's a not Joe Ro- He's not. He Joe is Rogan just pulling himself up and down. And yeah. you know what? That's that's all you need to do. And so maybe that needs to be my fitness regimen: is just pulling myself up and down until okay. I can do it. We'll put in a rock wall for you. I will bike and I will pull myself up and down. There you go. Yeah, we, it seems like it can happen for the price of free. That's, I mean, that's the goal. That's and, what I'm saying. Yeah. And then you can become the uh, the um, insane barman. Yeah, yeah. The infamous barman. The, the, it, like, yeah. <laughs> young Nam's nephew sees him and he's like, oh, that's the bar. That's the iron barman. Like he lost his wife on an iron bar accident. And now he out, he's out here every single day. And he takes and his rage his, out on these bars. Yeah. It's and he's, like it's just his deadbeat kids. uncle. Yeah. Yeah, this group of kids and, and and Young Nam's nephew is just like, please let's not talk to him. And then yeah, he's deeply ashamed of his yeah. uncle. His uncle Young Nam's like, I'll buy you guys all drinks, and they're all like, yeah. And he's like, no, I want to leave. Like he doesn't want anybody to know he's related to that fucking slacker adult yeah. who has no job or prospects. Yeah, and just hangs out on the bars at a playground all day long. Which like, <laughs> yeah. when you put it that way, fair. But we know that he's a hero, so it's okay. Yeah, that, and yeah. turns out it makes the, as far as reality index goes, it makes, like, everything everything you see after that he does almost. Yeah. But for, like, a few, like, movie magic things. Um, like, at one point, he throws, like, a 40-pound... Um, kettlebell joke kettlebell so fucking funny. That kettlebell from one he, building to another. It's like, no, no, <laughs> absolutely but, not. And what's great is that it happens after the first time that he almost, where he tries it. And then, so they're in, like, we haven't done, this isn't sequential at all, but like he and- um, They make it to like their Yuju. third building. Yeah. Yuju? Yuju, Yuju, yes. He and Yuju are in like a gym and they have to get across from the gym to another building. And they're going to do it by basically like pulling themselves on their stomachs across a rope. So they're yeah. at, they're putting a bunch of throwing as many weights with ropes tied to them as possible across the buildings. And he goes to pick up that one kettlebell yeah. and he picks it up and he gives it like three kind of hefts. And he's like, no, 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 we need something lighter. Yeah. Something lighter, something lighter <laughs> and like good practical choice. Yes. Yeah. And it, I, and we, we talked about this last time we recorded and it really it just emphasized to me a, a strength of the movie mm-hmm. watching it again at every turn, there are multiple opportunities for Yuju and Young Nam to be rescued in this movie. Yeah. And on every, at every turn, when it's them or someone else, they defer to someone else. When they get yeah. Young Nam's whole family to the first rooftop, they, in an incredible feat of organization, are doing like an SOS. It is. They were using sound show. They were using their phones to do Morse code. Yeah. And they were and they were like chanting out the like the beats and they were doing it and they were doing it because the vice manager told them to. If you had a group of Americans on that fucking rooftop, it would be devolved into a civil war with like half the people trying to throw the other half the people over the goddamn edge and being like, you're not getting saved before me. And all these people are like, yes, let's band together for the great Mm -hmm. of the the betterment of the whole over the individual. And let's sing this song of rescue together. It's very inspiring. We'll coordinate in an H. Yeah. Yeah. Because meanwhile, like the the rescue coordination operation is atrocious (laughs) atrocious <laughs> yeah it like, really is the degree to which this is a this this is movie could very well be about the absolute failure of the state to protect anybody because yeah. oh my god wow at one point the helicopters see them organized in an h which is like a good 25 people on this rooftop yeah. organized in an h 
with their cell phone flashlights out. And they're like, huh, that's weird. What are those people doing up there? And then they go elsewhere. Yeah. It's like, this is there. They have made a a sign out of their bodies. Yeah. And they, at at one point, one of the two guys run downstairs, they can bring up a karaoke machine. And you do realize, oh, I can flick the lights on and off on the roof to get the cut, like to get the notice of helicopters. They're flying around with these baskets and getting people off of rooftops. And they're on the rooftop. The basket's there. Oh my God, it's rescue. Well, everybody but two can fit on because if they mm-hmm. pass the weight limit, the carrying the basket could snap and it becomes unsafe. And so Yuju, like, she's like, no, 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 it's your family. You should go. And he's like, no, Yuju, you go, not me. But really, neither of them can. And then the basket gets carried away. And and Young Nam's like, I'm sorry, you should have been able to go. This is my fault. This is my fault. And she, you know, stiff up her lip is like, no, no, the customer goes first. But while they have done the selfless, selfless thing, they're fucking weeping. They yeah. are crying. They are upset. And they're, I like that each time they feel like they finally made it. And then like the next time they're on a, yet another roof that they've made it to. Mm-hmm. And they finally signal down this helicopter. It's going to come pick them up. And then they realize, oh, fuck, right across the street, there is a room full of children screaming to be helped. And Young Nam's like, finally, we're rescued. And then through a quivery lip and tears, Yuju is like, well, what about them? And suddenly they realize they fo- like they're trying to motion the helicopter to go pick up the kids and they're just not getting it. So they make using mannequins and mannequins their own bodies in their bodies. Amazing. They make an arrow shape pointing the helicopter to pick up the children. And yet again, they've done the selfless thing, but they're like, mother. Fucker. Like they are yeah. broken up about it. And I appreciate the realism of like people can do the right thing and still feel fucking shitty about it. I love like, that we get them crying multiple times and it's never like acquiescing as a maybe to death yeah. sucks. Yeah. And they're so like they've at the especially at with the with the kids. I mean, this is after they've done, you know, they've done the thing where they've gone from one side to the other with the kettlebell and they've put gas these masks on and run through gas the streets of the city. It's so much. And they've gone through so much physically that like you have to assume <laughs> some of the crying is just physical exhaustion of like, I have to yeah. keep doing this. Oh my God. Like, I imagine that at the end, like at the Battle of Marathon, the guy who ran 26 miles burst into tears when he realized he had to run the 26 miles back. Like, <laughs> the, like I just did this. Are you fucking kidding me of it? Yeah. <laughs> and so I love that we get these them crying at multiple times when yeah. it's not like the emotional climax. It's just no. It's just they're crying because they're fucking tired and they don't want to die. They don't want to die. Just their perfect. hands are covered in sores yep. and kind of bleeding. Like they hands, have been the calluses on their hands are ripped open. They have been mountaineering their way across the yeah. city and like have done so much to earn rescue at every turn. And at each time something comes up to where it's like, well, my family should go, well, these kids shouldn't die. And then they just have to devise a new fucking set of troubleshooting solutions every to time. get from, because they keep going like the building, every building they go to is a little bit higher and a little bit higher, but the, 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 the toxic mist just keeps rising and keeps rising. And so they have to keep ascending higher and higher across the city. 
And it, it has, it, it's like, this is like, it's the best video game adaptation of all time. Yeah. Like if people could make a video adapt game, ad- game adaptation like this, they would finally make like a true blue, excellent video game adaptation. It, much as I am a Mortal Kombat and a Mario apologist, um, Super Mario Bros. apologist. But, but no, this is the only one that gives you the sense of like having boss levels. And those movies never give yeah. you boss levels. And this one, you're like, oh God, you have to, it just keeps leveling up. And you're like, fuck more. And one thing I really <laughs> liked about the challenges of the of the rock climbing they have to do is that one of the things that we get first off is first Young Nam climbs on his own and has like an epic climb, which at the end of oh. it, his dad says, if you ever do this again, I'll beat your ass, which is a really funny line because <laughs> the first time you're watching it, you're like, well, yeah, he just climbed that mountain. He's not or that that building. He's not going to have more chances to climb. Yeah. Like, the rest <laughs> yeah. of this movie now. We spent, we we did the climbing thing. Everything yeah. else that happens will be something different. But the but climbing no, thing, it just, we're done with that. We're now. done with it. Because you're like, when in his life is he ever going to climb another building? And then it just keeps, it's like, oh no, he has to just spend the rest of the night climbing buildings. Yeah. So yeah. That line, I love that. But um, so he has a solo climb. And then um, Yuju has her own solo climb when she thinks she's been abandoned by Yongnam um, <laughs> yeah. on a building. So they've, it's like they've gone across and they've gone across, a couple, they've run down in their masks. They, one thing that like reality index, I fully believe that they have in South Korea that we don't have here is that apparently in every public building, there's multiple gas masks with oxygen. Yeah, I I absolutely believe that's something going on. I believe that that another country has that infrastructure to distribute gas masks with oxygen canisters to every fucking like major building. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, can you imagine in America? Like, no, we barely have working hoses sometimes. Like, yeah, absolutely not. I saw a tweet today, like read the infrastructure Mm -hmm. bill that was just passed. I saw a tweet today that was like, yeah, my I think it was like my uncle once told me that you're lucky you're lucky to get out alive if you are on or under any bridge of the United States. That's that is actually true. <laughs> like that's like, where that's, we're at with preparedness. Yeah. Our bridges are holding on by hope at this point. Yeah. No, our bridges are a mess. Like our bridges were mostly I think built like in LA we have a bunch of bridges from the Works Project, the WPA. Yeah. <laughs> Like oh, most God. of our, most of our water, our, our, um, God, what's it called? Our, not sewage system, but like water pipes. That's why we keep yeah. having these water main ruptures all over the city. Cause they're so fucking old. Oh my God. And there's no money to replace and do the major overhaul that needs to be done to like replace and make all the water mains work properly. It's a, it's a fucking <laughs> no. mess. But yeah, so they've gone through, they've like run through building and now he's left her alone on a roof that has missed up to like her knees yeah and he's like stay and here they have, mind you they have covered themselves in plastic yeah that they have tied down with like duct tape to make basically impromptu hazmat suits yeah so, so she's in the skin isn't full, touching they're in full hazmat gear um with like rubber cleaning gloves and he's like you stay here I'll be back. And she can't understand anything because he's got the gas mask on but yeah. he's running down to the ground level to get more oxygen canisters from yes. that building she thinks he's abandoned her. So she's like, fuck you. I can't believe you did this, you scumbag. Yeah. And she then has to solo climb up to the next roof yes. on her own. And I she, love she thinks she has she to thinks solo she has climb. To solo climb. <laughs> but I love that they each get their own moment where you don't have either of them standing there and being like, come on, you yeah. can do it. I believe in you. Like there's none of we get to see on their own how each of them are really fucking skilled at this and yeah, could survive. Yuju was better than Young yeah. Nam when they took the class together. Like yeah. he was, 
he was doing his best, but it's hard. But she's like getting up the whole She was like just yeah, she was just like motoring. And you could tell that like she was an advanced level from him. And so I love that we get them each. And that was something, again, didn't appreciate till the second watch that we get to see each of them do it on their own first. And then we get to see them work together as a team. And it's so much better. But then, of course, there is the reveal when she's up at the top and she's just like cursing him. And oh, yeah. Fuck you. Damn you. I can't believe you did this. And then he turns around. He's like, did what? And he's like, good thing there's a ladder there. Yeah, he's like, oh, he's he's just like he immediately takes out an ostrich mask. He replaces yeah. hers for her. Yeah, and then point and then, oh god, good thing there was a ladder here at least, and points back at it after she has just like mightily scaled this new peak. Mm-hmm. And it really like the ways it manages to keep its jokes coming in. Yeah, throughout is very very impressive because it doesn't ever feel like they're forcing them where they don't fit. Yeah, this is it's extremely streamlined and it never feels repetitive. You're not like no. that was one of the things that really kept surprising me was I was like, OK, how exciting can it be to keep watching someone? I mean, rock climbing is exciting, but we're going to keep seeing the same. There's only so many times I can watch like this dude, you know, trying to figure out his next handhold. Yeah. <laughs> and no, they find keep finding ways to make it more engaging and interesting. And then like it just keeps getting more exciting. Until you get to, of course, all of the social media of it, which is probably my favorite thing about this movie is the way that they integrate like just kind of casual social media directly into all of this. Yeah, because the family has been trying to the family has been as best they can. They have been rescued and they are at like a safe, a port of safety. And every once in a while, they see news footage of of Young Nam and they know he's alive or they don't see him and they're worried that he's dead. And then at a certain point, the sort of the the citizen cameramen of the world start noticing what Yangnam and Yuju are doing. Yeah, and they're being followed by a news drone at first. Yeah, news drone. And so that like that's how they all get on the internet. And then everyone is now much Best like a car use of drones, I don't mm. know, ever in a movie. Absolutely. And it's it's much like everyone in L.A. watching a high speed car chase. Everyone in (laughs) South Korea apparently is watching these people just running across rooftops and shit because there's a certain point where they're just sprinting. Yeah, the the, they've got like they can't really get much higher. They've made it to like the tallest building Mm -hmm. and the, the mist is starting to overflow onto this rooftop. So at a certain point, they are tethered together with a rope and carbineers and carbiner shouts out Sarah <laughs> with rope and carbiners and they are just at a after they have been pulling their bodies up mm-hmm. and over everything for hours over and over again they are now just in a they are running from the disaster and they are at a dead sprint just going across rooftops trying to get away from this shit and they are now at a, at a certain point they're being followed by other drones with people watching and like, oh my God, this heroic attempt at saving Mm -hmm. their their lives. And then people start seeing this happen and seeing them alone and being like, why isn't anybody rescuing them? We see like, we see like, you know, they look like Twitch streamers. We see like vloggers. We see, I think I'm pretty sure. You were were right. She's got to be doing a, a, she's doing a mukbang challenge. She's just sitting with a platter of thousands of pounds of meats sitting in front of her and is like, why isn't anybody helping these people? So suddenly like the drone vigilante army of the city is like, activated and they're like we're gonna provide surveillance for these people how can we help it yeah when so when they get to the end of the line and they're trying to get to this like tall crane and when they get to the end of the line and the news drone runs out of battery and it falls yeah 
And then all of a sudden the drone army shows up to help use the, they use the drone like propellers to keep mm. the smoke from rising. Yeah. It is. And they're all like lit up with little neon lights. So and it's cute. It's like, it's like watching batteries not included with the adorable little sentient flying saucer bots except their drones. And it's like the drone army comes to the rescue. And this happens like when the news drone drops out, um, this is like young Nam's dad at this point has commandeered this news drone. Yeah. He has left the hospital. He's like, I've got to get my son. I've got to get my son. He makes it to like the water's edge where the city is on the other side. And he finds this pair of guys from the, the news station who are trying to get the best footage. And he's like, you have to find my son. And the <laughs> like the dad and his old man friends basically like take over this news drone to be watching young Nam. And then when that goes down, then we get our final cry. We get our final flip out, breakdown, sobbing cry, because this time they're really sure they're going to die. There's, there's no more room left to run. And, and of course, as he keeps going back to young Nam is like, I'm sorry, I was supposed to have a job by now because at this point it's become pretty clear that young Nam chose the dream garden because he investigated and found out that Yuju worked there. Yeah. And in totally creepy fashion, he uh, stalked her at her place of business and showed up after not seeing her for four years and was like hoping to see her again. And he initially yeah. lies when they're back at the, at, when they're back at the banquet and he's like, Oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a company guy. I work for a business and I'm a manager. And she's yeah. like, wow, that's so amazing. I thought you'd be awkward around me. And he's like, Oh, why would I be awkward? Then we get the flashback to her, like very politely turning him down. And we get like the great, you know, smash cut over to him sobbing hysterically at a bus stop, screaming why to the world, because he's just been turned down by this girl. <laughs> and he's just like, it's, I love when she walks up to him and she's like, wow, it's like Korea is so small for us to be running into each other. And he just he's trying to be nonchalant. And his response to that, is, well, when the North and South unify, it'll be a lot bigger. <laughs> and she just kind of looks like, down and around like, OK, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no attempt at making him like even a Ryan Reynolds kind of awkward. No, funny. he's no. so uncomfortably off. he's such <laughs> yeah. a loser he's such, such a, loser. a loser yeah i like that they don't um like yuju finds out really fast that everything he said was a lie yeah and that never becomes like, that. like a thing there's never like a i can't believe you would lie to me about that like there's none of that she just yeah she as if that is the most important thing right when their lives are about to end she calls a friend and the friend's like no he hasn't been to the rock climbing group in ages and also he doesn't have a job yeah like she figures I th- she puts it all together really fast. But she's got bigger issues with men at that moment because the her fucking manager. Yeah. The manager of this banquet hall is such a fucking scumbag. He calls her sweetie. He's sexually harassing her. Yes. He's asked her out. She's rejected him. And he's like, well, don't make up your mind so fast. Yeah. Yeah. He sucks. And he sucks. He sucks. And, like, and, it, and his dad also owns the business. So he's just like a yeah. little bitch boy whose dad gave him a job. And when she t- like keeps trying to turn him down, then he gets really assholic at her and like yeah. assigns her more tasks to do. It's like it's exactly why workplace harassment exists. Is that is is their exchange? Because like, <laughs> yeah. oh, because she rejected you, and now you're giving her shitty work to do. Yeah, that's like, sir, you you are explicitly the problem. Actually, yes, you you are you are workplace misconduct. <laughs> but on the whole, like 
he's the the manager is fortunately not like a big bad in this. We don't have to deal with him much after. Yeah, he's he gets, his own he, brand of loser. He's he his just own gets he's his own brand of loser. Like there's this whole thing where initially they can't find the gas masks. This and is he, still like, so weird. It's still weird. It doesn't make much. The only way it makes more sense is what, so he like sneaks off when everyone's like, wait, I think shouldn't there be gas masks here? And he sneaks off and hides them. Yeah. And he then takes later, them and you're like, oh, he's going to run and yeah. take them only for himself. But he doesn't. He doesn't. He just like shows up later and plays the hero and was like, I found the gas masks, which my yeah. response would be like, fuck you. Why were they not in the right place? Like that was <laughs> bad. You run a bad <laughs> enterprise here. But he was like a bad enterprise. Like there's a there should be a designated location and they're just like kicking around. What the fuck? Are yeah, you doing? he only he hides them entirely to brandish to, to them, find them moments later <laughs> to be but like, then, I got yeah. them. Like and oh. then and then to be like, which I, that the chess one piece th- is back on the board, I guess. So here's what I think is that he was like originally going to hide them and take off on his own. But then he was like, no, I can get if I show up with them, then I can hand them to the nephew, the kid Mm -hmm. and send him to go get the Because the key to open the roof is down on the ground floor where he where the manager has left it and covered in toxic gas at this. point. Yeah. So there's no way for him to get down there unless they have the gas mask. There's no telling if there'll be enough time to get back up again. So I have to assume he was like, if I am in control of the gas masks and I can dictate who goes. Yes. So that's okay, the only buy, thing. That's good enough for me. Yeah. But also, like, I kind of think he just wanted to be like a shithead hero. Yeah. Like, I that, think he thought he was going to be the hero who saves the day as opposed to what it should be, which is like, what the fuck, man? Why were they out of place? Another another great thing about the way this movie <clears throat> excuse me, sets itself up is because we get like the physical demonstration of what young Nam can do like that builds like in our faith that of what he can accomplish later in the movie. But also when shit starts going down, there's no like conversation about it. He's not yeah. like hemming and hawing. There's no like young Nam do something young Nam help us. And he's like, no, I can't. I can't. He just quickly decisively takes action. Yeah. We don't have to go consistently from the start too. Yeah. We don't have to go through this like bullshit rigmarole of like his inner turmoil or something like, no, he's been kind of waiting. He's been waiting. He hasn't been doing anything, but he's been like waiting for his moment. And when he sees his moment, he's like, oh, this is it. This is exactly what I and only I here have been training for. So I've got to do it. I've got to do it. Yeah. It's, it's great. And it like, it's a really specific, I mean, this is the only time one other thing I love is that, like, he at the end when he gives his mom the piggyback and all that, <laughs> it is pro- he's still going to be a loser. Like, he, he still does not have there's a There's really not a, yeah, I mean, there's no, at the end of this, there's no, like, wow, son, you're so amazing. <laughs> I want to offer you a job at my rock climbing. Like, there, yeah. I mean, presumably there will be accolades. I'm sure that they're, like, he can spin this into a book deal or like social media. <laughs> yeah. He'll definitely get some ad jobs, some ads out of it. Like, yeah, there he is could get a, a reality clear- show about this, maybe. Yeah, like he, you know, I I only like drinking this kind of yogurt to power my morning <laughs> climbs. But like, there's no sense that having done this has substantially changed his life at the end of this, which I yeah. love. Like we at the end get to the part where he Yuju is like, he's you know he wants to, he goes to give her back her her carabiner, which he has one in his home, which he very clearly has like kept as a fetish item. Yeah. And I mean that like in the traditional sense of a fetish, I like it's very clearly this totem of love, which is, again, yeah. why it really seems like she's dead. Yeah, um, exactly. Like it was it was the thing that broke that killed her kind of yeah. thing. Like this was the last thing she gave me before she fell into the pit. Exactly. Uh, but no, he at the end, he like goes to give her back 
the one that they've been using this whole time, her carabiner. And she's like, you keep it. I'll get it from you next time. It's really heavy. And he just keeps blinking at her in confusion. Yeah. And he's, he's like, like I mean, it's not. It's not. He's like lifting it up and down. He's like, it's not. It's really not that that bad. It's, it's that like pretty light. No, next time you can. I don't want it right now. You She's can just give it to me next staring at time. Him. Yeah. And I like, like it doesn't end with a kiss. It does end with her decking the manager. Yeah. So she because, gets that resolution. He's Johnny come lately. He got rescued ages ago. He runs up to her. He's like, oh, my God, you need help. Somebody medic. Look at these scratches. She needs assistance. Oh, my God. I'll take care of you. So she punches him in the fucking mouth. So fucking good. I'm so glad she gets to do it, too, that she just gets to deck him. I'm it's really satisfying. And we their final escape from the the last big rooftop, the rooftop they've been trying to get to this whole time, kind of literally and metaphorically in ways for young Nam, like they get to the rooftop and the, the drones have come to come to the rescue and they're trying to get to the crane. And so young Nam realizes like, hey, little drone, can you take this rope and carry it over to that other building and see if you can like. I'm going to tie a loop in it. Is there anything you can like hang it around? So a little drone goes, flies across the vast expanse and hangs this on like a dry standpipe. And Young Nam ties off the rope on their end at the top of the skyscraper and they've got their carbiner on and they are attached to this rope together and they're going to, they're going to zip line and it's going to yeah. try to get across. Well, they probably should have told <clears throat> little drone to hang that rope one level lower because they end up basically at a, like with their body weight, the rope then is sitting parallel to the building across from them. So they're not zip lining anymore. They're just hanging out there in the oblivion as this building across them is under construction. That standpipe isn't really anchored the way it needs to be. And so it starts coming loose and they that does, it's not that the danger. pipe comes loose. It's the the little noose, the little loop comes off. It's like sliding off of it. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's sliding off. Yeah, sliding it's off. sliding off of it. And the, and the little drone is trying to hold on. The little drone is trying. And the, it's so cute when, when Young Nam is like trying to explain because the drone has a camera on mm-hmm. it. He like draws a diagram on the ground to be like, can you do this with the rope? And the little drone gives him like a nod of like affirmation. So it's like, again, it's like the little bots in, in um, batteries not included. And yeah. so the drone eats shit. It gets, it gets torn apart because the rope's attached to it. And then like Yuju decides to take decisive action. And if they're, they're like, if this rope is going to slip, she's like, I'm going to cut this rope. And so we can at least like hold tight because then the rope will fall toward the building and we can like get thrown onto the building. Well, because this movie just simply will not let you rest. She does cut the rope. They are careening toward the building, but then the rope that's attached to the pipe up top slips. So there's nothing anchoring them anymore. So they just start falling down, down, straight down, but a little tiny animation in the credit sequence shows us because we see that like in a tragic moment oh my god mom is watching the drone feed of her son plummeting into the oblivion of this mist and so she sees what is likely the moment of his death and but it turns out there was like a web of safety netting below them that they hit and it was angled toward the building. So they bounce into the open construction. They get onto the crane and they climb their way to the top. And they have these sparklers that they've been carrying with them the yeah. entire time to like work as flares. They light their little sparklers at the top of the crane. And they are at with the entire nation at this point, following their story and alerting rescue crews to them. They are finally discovered by a helicopter and taken to safety. 
it is thrilling. thrilling. And it's, I mean, that is watching them plummet into the smoke is so oh, fucking harrowing. And I didn't until I didn't re- watch. I didn't catch the little like animatic at the end. Yeah. So I the first time we recorded this, I was like, I don't know how they survived. And you had to tell me because there was <laughs> no world in which I was like, they just that's it. They died. This was we were so ner- I was so nervous going into this movie that it was going to be one of those devastating like, I mean, look, Korean God, disaster, movies. Korean disaster movies. Fuck. They can be. They can be great and they can break your fucking heart. Like they yeah, can be Pandora. Like, is this be Pandora again. <laughs> yeah, it can be Pandora, which leaves you just like beside yourself, gutted. It can yeah, be Ashfall, which is like of a heroism and self sacrifice that's yeah. miserable. With just the most depressing fucking thing you'll ever see. It can be <laughs> yeah. Ashfall, which is a great fucking time, but oh. still had like by the end of it, you're ready to cry. Yeah. So I was not prepared. I was I was bracing myself this whole movie. And then I was like, oh, no, this is a good fun time. And then I was like, oh, no, <laughs> this is how they get us. It's going to just be that this, this is the end is of the movie. They get us. It's the end of the movie. They died. That's it. Yeah. Uh, but and, no, and, and, and the nation mourns. And then like I was just ex- I was fully expecting just to see like it would fade to black. And then we would just see the mother and father like putting some, you know, rock, some chalk in front of like a memorial to their son. And that would be the end of the film. That is that is definitely one of the great uh, moments of like the way they just sort of have to kind of innovate along the way in this movie is once uh, Yuju is on board with what Young Nam is doing to like rock climb their way to safety. She runs and finds boxes of chalk and like makes a little pouch for him and throws them across the building to him. Mm -hmm. And he breaks up the chalk and makes himself like a little chalk powder like basket so he can keep chalking his hands as they climb. And I, that was just a great little touch. Yeah. And when we end up, it is so like, cause this family has been ripping this guy apart this entire movie. Like even like, you know, in that, in that, like, fuck you, we love you kind of way. Like this family, just like you stupid idiot. How could you do this? How dare you do that? Like, he's clearly doing the right thing. He's clearly doing the noble thing and honorable thing. You just, you fucking moron. How stupid are you? This is awful. Never do this again. And that's just what he's been getting from everybody mm-hmm. the entire movie. And then finally, when they see him, when he has been rescued, his dad's like, you, you. And he like, you know, you're waiting for another drag to come. And he's just like, thank God you're alive. And like, they finally just tell him they love him. Yeah. And that they're glad he is safe. And then he finally is able to offer his mother the piggyback, the piggyback right? He has always wanted to give her. Yeah. It's really sweet. It's such a good movie. It's oh my god! It's, it's such so, a good movie. It's, it's really, it's so entertaining. Yeah, it's so good. I mean, I would, I this is definitely one of those ones that I wish we could see on the big screen, like this and yeah. Ashfall. This would be, this would be fun. This would be so fun. Come on, come on, guys! Like, let's. When the world is, we're starting to reopen again. I'm just saying, like <laughs> Alamo Draft House, Disaster Girls monthly screening. Yeah, th- at this point, this we're next when we're posting this, we're tagging the Draft House in this. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, we're tagging the draft house now, guys. We're not kidding around. No, I'm making this happen. I'm determined. <laughs> In the same way that I'm determined abstractly to get us merch, I'm determined to get us a Disaster Girls night. Well, and we have, you know, I think we have good ideas for all these things. We do. These are great plans. We just, you know, the execution, we we need assistance. <laughs> so, Jordan, do you think that this brings us to what this movie is really about? Yeah, yeah, I do. Okay. And for, for me, I think what this movie is really about is laid out 
when young Nam is having his like first breakdown on a rooftop uh, near the beginning of the movie, when his whole family has been saved and he's pointing at the skyscrapers and he's being like, from now on, like, you know, he's got clarity mm-hmm. now. He's like, from now on, I'm only going to apply for jobs and buildings like that. Like he's going to reach for the stars. Like I'm, yeah. I'm not, I'm not settling anymore. Like I'm only going for the best. And he says, I bet the people in those buildings, like the tallest skyscrapers, mm-hmm. I bet those people have already been rescued. And I think this movie is about exactly that, this notion of the caste system of of social standing of the the haves and the have nots, this oppressive rat race to define yourself around what you do and have your worth measured by like the money and material things that you bring in and having your worth as a human being kind of dictated by the, the height of the building that you work in, by the the distance up the ladder you can climb in a company to be a company man, to get the respect of those Mm -hmm. around you and how that is a system that sets people up to metaphorically just have to be scaling the sides of sheer buildings and constantly putting their, their mental health and perhaps their physical health uh, in the backseat in order to just get high enough to be considered a person worthy of being saved, worthy of being seen. I think that is what exit is about. I, I yeah, I think you're totally right. And like the the idea, especially like I mean, we saw you know a couple two years ago now with Parasite, we've seen the basement structure of mm-hmm. you know that that in, that in Korea the basement apartment and that kind of idea of like the poverty level is literally embodied in living below ground. Yeah, yeah. So I think the one whose home is just sitting there waiting to be flooded out and destroyed when the next big rain comes. So, no, I think that's I think that's totally right. I'm going to go in the the I think this movie is about the metaphorical kind of the way that you can no matter what goal you set for yourself there's always something more that you expect out of yourself. Yes. That there's, yes. No matter the what goal you, post I think keeps moving, the goalpost keeps moving. I think that's a big part of just adulthood in general. Um, but in particular, I think like the idea of the moving goalpost and sort of the unsatisfactory nature or that not necessarily that's unsatisfactory, but that no matter how high you get up, it's not enough um, is particularly uh, yeah. true for millennials. Cause there will always um, be someone higher than you that you compare yourself yeah. to. But also there's, no matter what level you're at, you're still not safe. There need, you need to get to higher ground because there is a smoke coming that like, no matter what you've achieved, there is, no matter man. what you've accomplished, it's not going to be enough. And I feel like that's a really millennial feeling right now. It's like, <laughs> no matter what I've done, I can't com- catch up with what my parents have done. I can't get to this next level and I can't move on and I can't. And so I, the mm-hmm. fact that of all the things, what saves him is his hobby is the thing that is the least Sort of like you're right. His yeah, work I think, life balance. Yeah. Saved him. His the fact that his the thing that he was passionate about and that he loved that his parents were always like, no one makes money doing this. What the hell are you doing? Why are you wasting your time with this? That that is the thing that catapults that is what saves not only himself, but his whole family. Yeah. And I, th- you know, I think that that is sort of that is the workaround to the ongoing struggle to reach that next level. Mm-hmm. Like you're never going to meet those goalposts, no, because those goalposts are going to keep moving. But the thing that's going to get you there is the passions you have in life that aren't just practically applied to it. Like getting that promotion at work isn't going to get you the house that's going to give you satisfaction. It's going to be the thing you do in that house. So likewise, we have a friend who has a, a very rich 
uh, sibling. Yeah. Who's rich and miserable. Yep. But so the, the this, and, they've and built does that not, and does not, around them and, and does not have any hobbies. They have no, no, no. rock climbing to uh, get themselves up to higher ground. Neither hobbies nor a soul. Well, yeah, that's true. Wouldn't you know? <sighs> but yeah, the point is, is I think that it's both about like the impossible f- standards that we set for ourselves and the surprising ways in which the things that we love in life can end up being what saves us. I'm in. Okay. And then, I'm in. Uh, so we've got an inner and we've got an outer. So yes, I love an that. Inner and an I outer. Always, yeah. I always find it very satisfying when there's like a big like world when one of us takes the worldview and one of us <laughs> takes like the personal view. I always find that so satisfying. And then every once in a while, Kid Harrington is a horse. Excuse me. That was Emily Browning was a horse. Emily Kit Browning's Har- a horse. Emily Browning's a horse. Kit Harrington <laughs> wanting to ride her. Come on. Every once in a while, it's that, you know, every I, you know, I feel like we haven't had any of those. Like I haven't had a real like God. It's about the death of God. It's about right. gentrification. And like every the 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 subway tunnel is a meta and the lava is a metaphor. Like we haven't had right. one of those in a while, but for it's, like a birth canal kind of thing. Yeah. I think I feel like that's partly because we've been we haven't been around each other. And I feel like the more that I'm like when I'm around you, my ideas get way more unhinged. But yeah, that's where I'm like that. But that's that's what I think this movie's about. Would you would you fantasy cast this? I I don't think this works as an American movie to begin with. But would you fantasy cast it? No, I I like what everybody's doing so much. Like, no, I kind of can't. I can't imagine anybody else. Yeah, I mean, Especially if someone young nom's like so ostensibly normal looking, he's so normal looking and like, like, he's a cutie, but he's not like he's not built like uh, our superheroes. No, he's wiry. He he's like that. He has that like deceptive strength. <laughs> yes, very deceptive. Yeah. Shocking deceptive strength. <laughs> I I would if someone was like, we want to remake this. I'd be like, that's a joke. You can't do that. because <laughs> That's just you know what like, this would this would be a Ryan Reynolds movie. Right. And that's the thing. What would happen with this is it would be a right. And it just it wouldn't work. But if somebody I would be like to prevent that future, not that I don't love (laughs) Ryan Reynolds and very specific things, but in this, it would not be the right move in this. You do need to keep its earnestness because this is such an earnest movie. Yeah. And I don't think there's a more earnest actor out there than Steve Yoon. He's just so he's so so handsome. He's so handsome. But he's also got the build where he's like got that thin kind of wiry. He doesn't look like Mm -hmm. he's like Marvel jacked. Mm -hmm. I could see him. You'd have to, you know, I could see him as kind of the lead in this in that same way where he's like just got a sweet losery hang dog (laughs) thing going on. And then the best arms in Hollywood have to be his have to be huge. Mackenzie Davis. No, you know, what's so funny about this is you and I had this exact same exchange last time. And then what I suggested last time was what if we had Mackenzie Davis as Steve Yoon? Let's forget Steve Yoon. We'll do Mackenzie Davis. Sure. No, no, no. I'm going to pair Steve Yoon in this case or Mackenzie Davis in this case with Emily Blunt. Oh, sure. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. 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 I love it. We're going to age them both up a little bit. They're not going to be early 20s. And then we're going to get to see Emily Blunt in a tank top rock climbing. This, and that's for Jordan. I, that this is I I it really shows you how true the statement is to me that mm-hmm. I said it weeks apart, completely forgetting that I did it the first yeah. time. That for me to be like, oh, you mean Mackenzie Davis? Like yeah. with dark fate, like images of dark fate running through my mind. She's I'm got glad great, she's got great I honor arms. you. I honor you this way, Mackenzie Davis, by knowing knowing my truth. Yeah, no, she's got great arms, but I would not argue they are iconic arms yet. 
Well, I mean, the Angel of Verdun, the Angel of Verdun got a broader reach than the Dark Fates, certainly. So that's that's what I'm saying. But yeah, I think that Emily Blunt also would be just because she's such a a good comedic actress to pair with Steve Yoon. Yeah. Like, I love the idea that he he just has this like unrequited crush on some girl that he's some woman he's seen at his gym. Yeah. And that would be how I would do it was I would I would one have it be that he's never even asked her out. Okay, And then two. I would I would pair the two of them. And I think that this would be su- I think the two of them would be super. I just want to see the two of them play off of each other. I think it'd be really fun. I wouldn't kick either of those two out of a situation. So <laughs> I'm I, of course, have to be in. And, yeah. you know, and in the hypothetical where it's Mackenzie and Emily, I, 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 I don't turn it that way either. Obviously, you're not regret projecting that comedy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, you, you are nothing not that. consistent, Jordan. I will give yeah. you that. I like to be a known known. Yeah. I like to be a known known. It's very no. uh, important to me. One of the nice things about, one of the great things about being friends with you as someone who is like anxious and has a lot of social anxiety and like if there's <laughs> silence on the other end of the line or if someone doesn't respond, like my brain is just going a million miles a minute of like, oh fuck, how did I fuck this up? Yeah. It is so nice to know that like, I know what not to say to Jordan. Because... <laughs> And she knows that's Taylor Swift. Yeah. I mean, like, there's just like, there's certain things I'm like, well, this is a thought I have that I cannot share with Jordan. And that's okay Mm -hmm. because everything else can be shared with Jordan because I know what I, it is, it is no Jordan is the speed bus. You know, the rules. (laughs) Yeah. You can't go below a certain mile per hour. And that's it. <laughs> or there will be an explosion. Exactly. And people and people will die. People will die. I know the meanest thing you <laughs> I didn't to, for, for you guys. OK, so what was it? Which what came out? Was it speak with when, when um, the fair, when the fearless ed- Taylor edition fearless, came out, or yeah, when, fearless, when no, one of her evermore when came fearless out. came out? And I never really oh, right. listened. I had listened to evermore and I'd listened to um, I'd listened to like all of her her woods music yeah her sad her more sad girl music her more sad girl music that's my 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 thing um and then spe- uh fearless came out and mm-hmm. i was like oh that's interesting you know what? i'll give it a try like I- i'm curious i want to support her like i'll listen mm-hmm. to taylor's version and i said what i thought was a compliment <laughs> toward taylor <laughs> in a group dm where i was uh-huh. like this is really good like i think her phrasing's really matured like the way that she- mm-hmm. she's I think this is so, like, I think it's improved. And Jordan mm-hmm. said the meanest thing she's ever said to me, which is <laughs> like after several like fuck you, she was like, oh, would you say that the 2020 Dodgers are a <laughs> have matured in playing baseball over the 2017 Dodgers? Now, guys, to explain why that is particularly hurtful, the 2017 Dodgers <laughs> won are possibly my favorite baseball team of all time. But two, like it's in terms of the assembly of people on it. Sure. But two, they were they're they're they were robbed. They were like, robbed. The other team they were fucking robbed by a bunch of bullshit cheaters. Cheater. Like one of the biggest cheating scandals since the Black Sox, I would argue. Yeah, in, in like modern sports history. Yeah. And that's yeah. what Jordan threw at me. I did. And I was I like, did. and at that and, moment, I, and, I, and the whole time, I'm like, Jordan, I'm not insulting her. And so it was like, <laughs> and it was very clear that it was like, I wasn't, I was, I wasn't insulting her, but I was saying that she had ever in the past not been the best at something. And that yes. was a problem at songwriting. Yes. I was, I never said songwriting. I never <laughs> had a problem with her songwriting. My point is, is that there are certain things that's just like, you can't tell, you just can't say it. That's mm-hmm. it. And like, and that's one of the nice things about being friends with Jordan is that there's no unknowns in that. There's no I like, like for those wow. things to be known. Yeah. There's no like, I didn't realize this was a sore subject for her. No, you know, I'm truly not trying to trap anyone. No, 
I would rather there, I would rather the trap not be sprung. No, Jordan, Jordan is not a tiger trap. Jordan is like a big box of TNT. (laughs) With the, with painted in acne letters, TNT on the side. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. So, Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's brought us to the end of exit, Jordan. Finally, and provided that this this recording comes through, this could just be like our white whale. This could be something that we just never. We love this movie so much, and we never managed to cover it. Right, like the ones, like the Matrix just keeps eating it or something. Yeah, this is it's, that's it. There's a conspiracy to keep. Us <laughs> There's about this. a conspiracy. Jonathan Groff is involved. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I don't know why. Um, I'm just assuming. Yeah, I'm just assuming. Back to the Matrix. <laughs> um. Yeah. So that. That that means uh what what what's our order of operations now? Next is Towering in- Inferno, sure. We've only been doing Inferno. this podcast for like 95 episodes. I know honestly the the lack of break um I know, it, it, am, it's, it's um okay. but uh five. It's five yeah. towering infernos. Yeah, this is unquestionably a five Across towering the board. inferno. Five like, five get- bagger, five towering infernos. Yeah, it's fun, it's smart, it's like it's really tightly written like it's a short movie if you guys have 90 minutes fucking watch it man like do this i watching it again i was working on something else while i was watching it which i would obviously never do with a movie with subtitles but i just wanted to refresh myself on the order of operations yeah and even just like it's such a like it's such a physical movie and you really you really in like you just get so sort of into it that like the dialogue is good and the relationships are good but it's also just if you watch this whole thing without subtitles, you would kind of figure out what was going on and still be so compelled by the action. Yeah. I mean, as soon as as soon as Young Nam starts climbing the building, you're in. And then when he realizes he has to take unclip oh. from the rope in the first oh, again, this is the first it. climb. And he has to, the first climb we see, he unclips from the rope and jumps. Yeah, he's been very safely like making various anchor points by wrapping up rope yeah. and making sure he has like if he falls that it won't like take him all the way down to the ground. But then once he runs out of slack and he hasn't got to the top of the building yet, he realizes he's only gonna be able to keep going if he cuts a safety line. Yeah. And you're like, oh fucking shit. And you juice sees him and she's like, no, don't do that. You're crazy. And then his whole family's like, what? Why? And then they see the safety line drop. And again, the ability to physically lift your own body. It's it's ridiculous. That Bika McKinnon's rule, forge good community relationships and be able to pull up your own body weight. Okay. There you go. We've Have got the outer on hand. We've got the outer and we've got the inner, just like we've with our what the this outer really and the inner. Exactly. Okay. Well, Jordan, you know what we're doing next week then? I am so Stoked to get back to it. Episodes five and six of La Brea, guys, as the, La Brea. As the foremost La Brea experts at this point, as possibly yep. the only La Brea champions. Um, Which, hey, guys, congratulations, everybody out there. Disaster Divas on season two of La Brea getting announced. How does it feel, guys, to know that we are the only people watching a television show and we managed to get it renewed? Just we did the strength this. of our. This is us. We this did this. Us. We are giving it eyeballs and media impressions. And I talking about it, tweeting found out about that La Brea NBC is open as a Twitter account. So I have taken that. And you so know what? That's only a service because NBC is not running its own La Brea account. So I guess someone had to do it for them. So that's what we're going to. I've got a new hobby. <laughs> so yeah, I we're am, doing. I, 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 the show just has to keep. The only mandate is it has to keep being absurd. Like, yeah. that's all I want. That's all. And I want Zira Gorecki to fight Megafauna. <laughs> I want her to end up. In I the want rift. her. I want her writing one. 
Yeah. Like battling a giant sloth and riding it. Yeah. yeah. She like becomes to command the power of the sandworm. Mm -hmm. She comes to command the mega sloth. Yeah. So, okay, we've got episodes. And Ioni Sky becomes the president or something. I don't know. Sure. Give her, Ioni Sky gets more than two lines of dialogue. Yeah, exactly. Well, Jordan, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me uh, exciting news. You can find me obviously on Twitter, Jorker, J-O-R-C-R-U, patreon.com slash Cruciola. And also last week was the debut of my Maximum Fun podcast, Feeling Scene, where it's I talked so good, to you guys. I, I, God, we just, we, we were so lucky to start off with such an incredible uh, first guest. Emily Vanderwerf came on and the whole conceit of the podcast is talking to a new person each week about the character that they, that like mo- first most resonated with them in film. And Emily talks about uh, Danny from Midsommar, which she saw right square around the time when she came out as trans and, and how, what a formative sort of impression that movie left on her. And I want to have that kind of conversation with every guest we have on. So check that out. Uh, the Ots Tyrion pod just wrapped season two. Go hit up the Scream 4 episode and our ongoing recaps of I Know What You Did Last Summer, the television show. So there are so many hours of audio that you can still listen to me for. There's so, so get much, on it. Jordan. It's, so and much. It's, and it's good. Like, that's the thing, guys. It's really, I know that you're like, oh my gosh, another movie pod. No, these, I know. Right? It's so good. It's so interesting. It's such a, it's such a dynamic and like warm view of, film and like the impact that movies can have. Thank you. And it's just lovely. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, that is what I aspire to. So I appreciate that. Well, Jason, where the hell can we find you? Yes. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jason Halftones. Uh, you can listen to comic book workshop where I talk to comic book creators uh, about uh, the craft of making comics. Um, yeah, man. And I don't know. That's, that's, uh, that's, yeah, it. that's all I got. That's it. That's, that's where those are the Jason places. That's where you, that's where you find me. How about you, Amanda? Uh, I am Amanda Smith says on Twitter and um, that's where you can find me. And then of course I, we've got the disaster girls podcast uh, Twitter account, which is disaster underscore pod. And we're disaster girls pod at gmail.com and disaster girls mm-hmm. on Letterboxd. So you can generally speaking again, just find me on Twitter on either our Twitter account or on my Twitter account. <laughs> yes. Um, but if you guys, you know, can give us a five-star rating and review, if you can share us with friends, if you can follow us on all the social medias, all of these things are super helpful to us and to help Please get the do. good word out. We've got some really exciting stuff lined up for the rest of this month. We uh, really the rest do. Of the year. Yeah. So we've got some fun things that we can't quite talk about yet, um, but we've got some more guests lined up that are cool and uh, you guys should be should be sharing and praising. <laughs> exactly. Yes, you should. And uh, in the meantime, we'll see you all back next week. For episodes five and six, La Brea. We're going back to 10,000 BC. That might be cool.com. You never know. <laughs>